At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. It's the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Before we get started, today's trade deadline edition of Hollinger and Duncan is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Are you happy because you win or do you win because you're happy? At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in the episode. All right, welcome on to a trade deadline 2021 edition of Hollinger and Duncan. And John, I have fastidiously not read anything that you have written today. And so I wanted to just so ask it was you a regular we get day. into. <laughs> that, is, that is not true at all. Uh, I, how dare you say that to someone who owns like pro basketball prospectus <laughs> 2003 the Very only true. remaining copy that uh hasn't been recycled at, at this point in time <laughs> uh so but I, I wanted to just get general thoughts like the biggest thing that stood out to you obviously we're going to get into pretty much everything that happened but what was the biggest thing that stood out to you from today so the thing we just didn't see coming didn't expect was the chicago bulls to push their ships in the way they did uh to make that trade for Nikola Vucevic and really changed themselves from a rebuilding team to a win now team in one move. That was the one we didn't see coming and the, by far the biggest surprise of the day to me. Yeah, it just the fact that Vucevic would get moved, there was talk that he wasn't available. It would take a Drew Holiday like package to get him. They didn't quite get that to be fair, but it it certainly was substantial and that was what it was going to take from Orlando's perspective. But what do you think of Chicago doing this here? It was certainly not what I was expecting when it seemed like Arturis Karmischewicz was kind of more of a draft and develop had a long-term mandate situation yeah, absolutely yeah that and that was my thinking with that team as well and i don't know if they just got dr- drunk on being in ninth place wherever they are in the east or if this was always sort of the idea in their back of their heads that they were gonna that they were gonna push to be good more quickly than people had expected or if they were impacted by some of the impending timing with with Zach Levine and figured that they were risk they were at risk of losing him of a free agent if they didn't get good right away. Um, it and I, I'm not sure which factor was the dominant one there, but I mean Vucevic is a good player on a good contract. Uh, he's just not. It's interesting because I don't think his trade value was as high as his basketball value in some ways because he didn't fit every system. A lot of teams don't need a center. So I think this was about as good as Orlando was going to do. It's, it's just interesting now with where Chicago is because they're like, they could probably make the playoffs now, but they're not really good enough to do anything yet. So what are they going to do beyond this? to build around a Levine Vucevic core before Vucevic turns 35 or whatever. Yeah, because he is 30 right now. And I think it has a lot to do with Zach Levine, who's never even remotely sniffed the playoffs in his career. They could potentially renegotiate and extend him this summer. They could still do that if they move on from Larry Markkinen, which now seems somewhat likely that they're going to do that. Uh, um, you know, Giving up on Wendell Carter is another 
aspect of this trade that we got to talk about. But this to me seems like a big bet that Zach Levine is going to continue to get better, that Zach Levine is going to become an all NBA level of player. And it's also a huge bet to me on Patrick Williams. They got up to number four. They went up higher in the draft lottery and they aren't, they don't have any more outs now. They don't have that high pick that they can develop under Billy Donovan any, anymore. Now it's, and in fact, they're out two picks in the future and they're not going to be bad enough to get a guy with, you know, surefire superstar talent in the draft anymore. So this is kind of a bet on Zach Levine, Patrick Williams. We really like you. We don't really like Wendell Carter. We don't really like Lowry Marketing that much. So let's get a third piece to pair. And then this is going to be our core going forward, which as you point out, it's, that's a little dicey given basically there's five years in age between the three of those guys. You're not just betting on Patrick Williams being good. You're betting on him being good soon, right? You're betting him on being good when he's 21. So yeah. that's that that that's the other piece of that. Uh, Kobe White, I would say, is part of that too, and he's but he's been up and down too. Yeah, and there was also talk that they're really trying to get point guard help as well, which it doesn't seem like they believe in him at more than the level of a sixth man going forward. I do think that Vucevic can really help Kobe White and can help Zach Levine a lot because neither of those guys are great distributors. They have this massive turnover rate, so now they can kind of run everything through Vooch at the elbows or in a delay action and do a lot of handoff stuff with Zach Levine turning the corner and Vooch popping out for the above the break three or Vooch running that action they used to run with Evan Fournier where they'd screen Levine out of the corner uh, on a wide pin down and then Vooch could pop out to three and then you can't switch it because Vooch can poach you up. So I think they can be a pretty dynamic offensive team. I'm worried about what they're going to be defensively going forward here as far as like really being a good team. I think that'll probably be what holds them back the most. Well, I mean, when you have defenders like Vooch, Markinen, Levine, and White, I don't know why you're so concerned. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. Uh, did you say Levine? You didn't even say Levine, did you? No, I did. Yes, yes. He just, you oh, know, okay. he, he was in the middle there, so you might have skip, skipped right over him, but yes. Yeah, so, sorry about that. I, I was also trying to think of what Thaddeus Young's role is going to be now. Is he the starting four? And But like the way he's been so good is as a five running pick and roll and distributing, but then mm-hmm. you're not having Vucevic run pick and roll. So like, you can kind of get away with Vucevic shooting with having Young out there and you know, he can be good defensively as a four. They're going to desperately need him to do that. But it's also not really maximizing him to the extent that he has been so far either. Yeah, yeah. Because when you look at pairings in their front court, it makes more sense to play Young with Vooch and Markman with Daniel Tice. But I, I just don't know if you, how much you can do that when, like, is, is Markman going to be okay paying like 18 minutes next to Daniel Tice? Like that's going to, that could get weird fast if that's how they try to do it. Yeah, that seems headed for a sign and trade in the offseason, uh, nearly certainly. You just, you don't make this move if you're believing in Larry Markman. I don't think there's no way you can play him and Vucevic together. And maybe they're thinking that Patrick Williams can be their long term four next to Vuce uh, as well. But I mean, they definitely bought high on quote unquote all star Nikola Vucevic. And there's like, hey, we're pairing two all stars together. But, you know, if we're being realistic, those are guys who are, you know, between the 20th and, and 35th best players in the nba something like that like it's not your normal two all-star type of pairing so i i'm very loathe when you're not looking at being a home court advantage type of team even in the first round to put out two draft picks into the future yeah yeah because this is the thing from orlando's perspective is they're probably looking at this saying 
we're going to get two picks that are about 15. Whereas if they had dealt, made any kind of deal with Vooch to a contender, okay, maybe you get three first, but if they're all the 27th pick, what does it matter? So I, I think I'm pretty happy with this return if I'm Orlando. Yeah, and Wendell Carter is someone that they can give a second draft chance to. Uh, since I never read you, I, I won't cite you on coming up with the term second draft, by the way. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, and, and interesting that Wendell Carter and Mo Bamba are now on the same team. The Magic picked Bamba over Carter in 2018, and that was this front office. And now they have have both yeah. of them. Interestingly yeah. enough, uh, but I really like what the Magic did. You, I thought you made a great point that who else was going to offer any kind of a package like this for Vooch? We said maybe it would be Charlotte, but uh, you know, or like the Knicks or Boston. Like none of those really seemed to make a ton of sense. And I guess, frankly, <laughs> the Bulls don't make a ton of sense for Vucevic unless your mandate is that you just need to be quote-unquote relevant again yeah yeah so I I think this puts a lot of pressure on Chicago's offseason they can generate meaningful cap room or they could try to use cap space as you said to do try to do a deal uh with Levine they have a few different ways they could go or they could I mean I guess they could try to re-sign people too although I don't really see that as much of an option um so they, they they can take this in a few different directions but I mean like a sign they could be over the cap and do like a sign and trade with marketing for instance yeah so I, I kind of see the bulls now as in the mix with the Hawks and the Pacers and the Hornets and maybe the Raptors now that they kept Lowry I, I would say they're maybe a little bit ahead of the Knicks going forward but other than the Raptors they're behind all of those teams as well and they're about to play nine of their next 10 on the road which is starting to matter again a little bit but it it was funny you said that they you know got drunk on being the ninth seed maybe they got drunk on being the ninth seed and then they started to sober up losing a a couple straight games in really ugly fashion before deciding that sobriety wasn't that good and they wanted to get drunk again Yeah, the uh, yeah, the drunks have more fun, right? Well, at least until you realize you have a problem. Until uh, until the and, hangover hits, yeah, yeah. And, and also interesting here, this kind of completes the rebuild that was started in 2017, obviously under a different regime, by trading Jimmy Butler. And four years later, I think they now have a team that's not as good as the team that they would have had if they just kept Jimmy Butler. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think that was pretty. It's just kind of from, a bummer. Pretty clear even from the outset, right? Yeah, and and, and that's with Levine becoming way better than that's with them hit yeah even with them hitting on levine yeah yeah although dunn and markinen you would say probably have disappointed to some degree given where they were uh, as part of that package the future of toileting has arrived Uh, it's actually been around for a long time but bidets have been incredibly expensive costing thousands but the brand new hello tushy 3.0 modern bidet attachment is here to level the playing field it's stylish eco-friendly easy to install and most importantly affordable if you've never tried a bidet before i recommend that you give it a shot every hello tushy bidet attachment comes with a 60-day risk-free guarantee and a 12-month warranty If you're not using a bidet yet, you are really missing out. I don't think you're getting very clean. If you got some substance, one of the more disgusting substances known to man, say on your arm, you wouldn't just wipe it. You wouldn't feel clean. So that might apply to other parts of your body. 
as well. The way to get started with HelloTushy is to go to hellotushy.com slash PR. Easy to remember because John invented it. That'll get you 10% off plus free shipping. And of course, let them know that you came from us. That's 10% off plus free shipping to get your butt clean at hellotushy.com slash PR. That's hellotushy.com slash PER. March Madness has returned and Paramount Plus has the games you won't want to miss. Watch CBS games live on Paramount Plus, including the Final Four and the National Championship game on April 5th. Paramount Plus is also the home to year-round sports, including the Masters, PGA Championship, UEFA, Champions League, and Europa League, the NFL, and more. Plus, you get breaking news, experts' picks, highlights from all your favorite teams with CBS Sports HQ, a 24-7 sports news network. The Masters is a tradition unlike any other, as they like to say on CBS, and Paramount Plus is the place to watch it. Visit ParamountPlus.com before March 31st to receive a one-month free trial of Paramount Plus. That's a good time to sign up for it when you get the NCAA and you can get the Masters in the next month. That's ParamountPlus.com to receive a one-month free trial of Paramount Plus. That's ParamountPlus.com. Yeah, Orlando, I love what they did. I I love that they finally made the move and it, it seemed clear that Gordon and Fournier were going anyway, but to just to do this with Booch now, to get the buy-in from ownership, they're also saving a lot of money this year, I'm sure, was not a small part of this and, and also reducing their obligations for next year mm-hmm. by quite a bit. Uh, so at least they're able, to, if they're rebuilding, they're able to come to ownership and say, hey, we're a lot cheaper now, which uh, I think in that market and with the pandemic it is nice, but you agree with me that Orlando is a winner today? I think so. I mean, them, they ripped off the Band-Aid and they have a direction now. And it's not just all in for 40 wins. So I, I thought that I thought this was a clear win for them to do this at this moment. They have a lot of optionality this offseason with the Fournier exception, or they could potentially be a room team, although Gary Harris's contract is going to make that a little problematic. They know what they are now. They're built around Isaac and Fultz uh, when those guys come back next year and their two picks in this year's draft and then we'll see what they get you know they have other young guys rj hampton chumo kiki who went six for six last night actually uh bob carter in the middle so there's an cole anthony like there's an identity now they 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 kind of know what they are and they'll build on that with another high pick this year and then We'll see what they kind of do to fill in around that over this next year or two. They're, they're looking at having a ton of cap room now in, uh, 22 as well. Uh, one guy, maybe a little surprised you didn't see Dell. Maybe there just wasn't a market for him, but, uh, Terrence Ross. Yeah, I think you struggle with him on a good playoff team because he can't be more than a bench guy and he st- still has uh, under contract for two more years after this one. So that doesn't shock me. And I think also the Vooch thing kind of came to go together quickly enough that maybe they just weren't, there just wasn't an understanding that he was available necessarily. Um, so yeah, that, that's, but you're right. I mean, I think in the off season, certainly they'll be looking to move him, but we'll see what the mandate is. I mean, they need somebody who can shoot the ball in this team and he's the only guy at this point but i'm uh i mean it's gonna be a lot of pain in orlando they had their two playoff years i will not project them to make the playoffs next year they certainly aren't this year but and i mean it's probably three or four years before they're back in the playoffs frankly but at least there is some hope and this is also interesting just from like a job security perspective uh with jeff weltman and john hammond yeah i mean they were at a point where they had to either they had to go one direction or the other and i mean i've been alluding to this on our on our show for like months if not i don't know if it's been more than a year now but like they they were gonna they were they were 
careening toward that point where they had to go left or right, basically, and either needed to go all in, really go all in on the team they had in the present, or tear it down and rebuild for something in the future. And I think the injuries this year re- helped force their hand and acknowledge them toward the that reality. And then the other thing is, if you looked at their cap situation, it just wasn't tenable to re-sign Fournier with the con- with the commitments they already had. And, and so they were going to take a step backward either way. I also think some situations internally, like I, I think both Fournier and Gordon were, were ready to move on. Yeah, Gordon had, there was reporting that he had in fact uh, asked for a trade and Fournier, I had hoped that they could get more for him. That didn't turn out to be the case. Neither of these seconds from Boston looks like unbelievably juicy. Uh, and you know, and when you consider that Fournier to me is basically the same guy as uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, maybe a little bit better. Frankly, he certainly played better this year. And to go for this when Bogdanovich was in like such crazy demand last year, it really is interesting how it seems like guys just go for more now whether it's dollars or trade in the offseason maybe that's just because everyone has talked themselves into hey we could be good this year so you just generally have more suitors but any thoughts on uh fournier to boston I thought that was a good deal for Orlando just because they they got off of the the entirety of the money, right? I mean, they generated a $17 million exception. Like, that's big enough to be genuinely useful. Um, and the only thing you had to take back was Jeff Teague. So I think because of that, you can live with just getting two seconds out of it. I, I, don't, I don't think it was that plausible to get a first for him. You really have to catch the right team at the right time to get a first for, for an expiring player who's not an all-star. So I, that one didn't shock me, I guess. The, uh, yeah. And I think also there's, there wasn't really a suitor for him that was in like the top or the top five teams in the league where it's like, all right, it's a pick that 27 or something. Okay. Yeah. We'll give that up the way the Clippers did for Marcus Morris last year, for example. Um, but I, I really like him in Boston, even if he's no Miles Turner, which they, you know, they kind of blew up <laughs> by not getting him yeah. in the offseason. I think this was a reasonable use of their money and maybe someone they, they could look to resign. but I like his fit there as a shooter and passer and you know, reasonable enough defender. Just he's such an upgrade on, on what they'd been throwing out there, as you've pointed out uh, ad nauseum. Yeah, exactly. The only downside of this was that they ended up having to trade Daniel Tice to get under the luxury tax. Uh, one potential out I see there, because I mean, they hurt themselves in the middle now uh, by not having Tice. The one yeah. potential they're, out they're going to try there, for Drummond. Uh, I what about Kelly Olynyk? Yeah, that's actually that's another interesting one. Uh, although I think they want someone who's a little bit more stout defensively. I think they're also they just want to see what Robert Williams can do in a larger role as well. But I, I mean, I think they're going to be in the Drummond sweepstakes. One would think. Yeah, yeah, maybe, absolutely. Maybe they get I just him. I don't know. Do you do you like Drummond's fit there? Uh, I don't really like his fit anywhere. Well, that that's the thing. See, I don't love him on a contending team. I think Olenek fits a lot better. Well, I, I think Tice is actually better than either of those guys. And so it, it is yeah. disappointing this, oh, we had to move Tice to get out of the luxury tax and just take back Flotsam in, in Mo Wagner. They couldn't have done that in some other way. Uh, that that was a little disappointing to me. So, may, I mean, maybe they, you know, I, I think Danny Ainge probably thinks that Drummond is better than Tice. Like, he kind of likes his, like, wide-bodied guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll yeah. see. I mean, I, I'm not going to shovel dirt on it yet until we see who they get in the the buyout market but it it wasn't amazing uh to me to just give up daniel tice for nothing now they're 
they weren't going to be able to re-sign Daniel Tice. I, I think to not be able to find a way to get off of Tristan Thompson's money that's is the probably thing. disappointing yeah. I mean, also. That, that's the original sin here, right, is signing Thompson to that two-year $19 million deal because now Thompson not moving off him at this trade deadline means he's in the way when you look at next year too. Like re-signing Fournier becomes so much more expensive if Thompson is pushing you to a point where you're $20 million into the tax. So that that contract is a problem. Yeah, they could stretch it, obviously. I mean, would you have paid more in capital to the Magic to include uh, Thompson in this trade? I mean, maybe it just was too expensive. The Magic didn't want to take on more money, and the Celtics didn't want to give up to it first, so maybe there just wasn't a deal there. Yeah, you see, the, the deal I thought we might see is if Thompson was in it with, like, Nesmith and a first and, and Teague, maybe, and you got back Gordon and Fournier. Yeah, or maybe you could have got back given up your first but gotten back a future Orlando second instead you know so, something along those lines but uh another, yeah I, I mean yeah go ahead sorry another construction I think they could have considered is uh trying to get Ken Birch back from Orlando if they knew they were gonna have to move off of Tice yeah uh, that that would have been interesting as well he doesn't seem like a Danny Ainge type of player like Danny Ainge kind of likes his like big meaty centers um it, it seems like rather than kind of the skinnier like pogo stick guys um mm-hmm. anything else you wanted to say on that uh i mean i guess should we uh i guess we should finish talking about orlando and denver with the gordon trade that's probably the other yeah. one we got to hit and then we got a bunch of uh trade deadline superlatives that we yeah get yeah to here. yeah so gordon i thought was the one move where i questioned whether orlando might have gotten more in the off season and i understand why they wanted to just rip the band-aid now but I didn't think the return was that overwhelming. And a lot of times with teams, uh, and I guess I really internalized this lesson, uh, with the, with the Conley thing a couple of years ago, but there, you can get better offers at the draft because there's pick certainty. They know exactly what they're giving yeah. up, not rather than approximately what they're giving up. So they're not kind of hedging risk as much. So you can do better sometimes then. And then there's also, there's not as many roster limitations. You can do, you can do more cap shenanigans. You know, maybe you agree to a trade that you don't execute till July 1st. So there's just more going on then. So I did wonder if that was, if that was the max they could have done for him, getting a, a way out future Denver protected pick, which I mean, I guess it's better than getting a Nuggets pick right now in some ways when you know they're going to yeah. be good. Maybe in four yeah. years. And it's they top won't be. five protected. Top five protected, too. That's pretty low protection. Which is nice. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, there was going to be protection on a pick in, in an Aaron Gordon trade, I think. And then Hampton, right. I guess, I had the beholder, but he went 25th or whatever in a not great 23rd, draft. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I don't know if that was like a hugely valuable asset. So, and then the other thing is you had to take back some negative equity, negative equity, excuse me, with Gary Harris. I mean, to me, if you're, if you're, if you're settling for that, you got to get Will Barton back and not Gary Harris, where it's 21 million next year for a guy who hasn't been able to stay on the floor and hasn't been able to make a shot when he's been on it. Yeah, that's that's tough. Um, I'm trying to think of whether they could have got more for Gordon in the offseason or not. Because the, the idea of Gordon is he's a playoff player. We are getting him for the playoffs to guard LeBron James and to guard Kawhi Leonard. That is why you are acquiring him if you're mm-hmm. the Denver Nuggets. It didn't really... There was this talk that he was going to go to Houston, which never made any sense that to me. That never made any sense didn't. to me. Yeah. yeah. And then as Chris Haynes reported, there was a hiccup, which... And then in the next sentence, he said... Gordon 
Gordon didn't want to sign an extension there. So putting those together, probably that was that was the hiccup. But yeah, the the two. I, it, it all depends on whether you whether rj hampton works out or not if rj hampton turns into a good player then they got enough if if not then eh, they, they probably didn't and i think they just they liked rj hampton he does fill a need if he can develop on their team for some shot creation which they they are desperate for going forward uh so i i think with the unique nature of gordon it's like a, a playoff type of player and the value to the nuggets this year yeah i'm not sure that maybe there would have been more for him he also could have gotten hurt again i think there maybe was a thought that he's been hurt so much that he could be mm-hmm. a ticking time bomb if he uh, plays there any longer there's def- and, there's definitely a risk in that yeah i can't yeah. argue that um yeah if he had two years left on his deal instead of one i think i probably would would agree with you uh, that they could have got more from the offseason let me ask you this though john how good is aaron gordon i think <laughs> i think you get a variety of answers on that he's kind of similar yeah. to jeremy grant that way right <laughs> where the answers are kind of all over the place the the idea of him is probably better than the reality right now although I mean yeah. he has he has played well of late he definitely does more on the ball than he used to I don't think you've pointed this out a couple times I don't think he's as athletic as he was when he came in the league and he's still not really a knockdown shooter so I mean teams are going to experiment with leaving him in the playoffs certainly and he's we're going to have to see if he's able to punish that yeah now as a cutter he can be pretty good he's, he's not as athletic but he's still pretty athletic he doesn't do much as a help guy though uh i do think his fit with michael porter is I, I think it's okay i think it's okay because porter is kind of a four on defense and a three on offense and gordon is kind of a three on defense and a four on offense so maybe that does work okay my question is just how good is he defensively we've really only seen him in one playoff series that was against Kawhi leonard where i thought he competed well but Kawhi also had his way in the end in that yeah. series and he has had some physical limitations his defense i don't think has been amazing this year individually but we'll see you just you don't know what you have and it's it's a risk for denver to be sure but i i don't see do you see anyone else who reasonably would have been available to fill that defender role at the three for denver outside of aaron gordon uh certainly it wasn't anyone known to be on the market i mean harrison barnes would have been the other guy right and i think the king yeah i think gordon gordon has more defensive potential there and the Kings kind of pulled back from doing anything with Barnes as well. Yeah, that was uh, I. Uh, I didn't like that. Um, okay, <laughs> let's uh, let's get into uh, a, a few of our superlatives here. Okay, uh, big winners uh, in terms of team. I think Denver helped themselves. Uh, although I didn't. Okay, I didn't love trading two seconds for JaVale McGee when there's like a hundred centers are going to be available for buyout. Yeah. Also, I think they might have just been better off with with, with Millsap and, Ze- and Zeke <laughs> Naji as their backup yeah. center. Yeah. Yeah. Or Jamichael Green, whoever you want to call the se- the, yeah. the center. Yeah. I think yeah. they felt like they needed some rim protection, uh, but uh, and maybe a guy who can play pick and roll with Monte Morris and uh, Jamal Murray on the second unit. But JaVale McGee is going to play eight minutes a game the playoffs yeah yeah exactly um if that so maybe there's a thought they could resign him i, I don't know yeah that, that was a little odd um yeah one of the, it's kind of hard to pick some winners because a lot of these moves are like okay they, they got some guys who will probably help them but we don't know exactly which of these oh. guys are going to play really well and not in the playoffs i think we got one obvious winner though atlanta Hawks. which is yes yes that that's clear what a ridiculous yeah. trade i mean Man, if Schle- you had told Schlenk anyone is- if you had told anyone in atlanta that they were going to get picks for rondo and get off his money they would have straight up laughed in your face and not only that because uh, rondo has 7.5 for next year lou williams helps them like he's gonna fix 
their problem, biggest problem yeah, is when, that they can't score without Trey Young on the floor. Yeah, yeah. They, he's, I mean, the issue is going to be if they attempt to play Williams and Trey Young at the same time, obviously. So that's, that's going to need a little bit of management, I think. But yeah, I mean, they, I mean, you just go put, throw Gallo out there, Collins at the five. I mean, just, just fucking go for it. it <laughs> just uh, tape over one side of your TV if you're a Hawks fan and let's have some fun. <laughs> <laughs> 185 175 right <laughs> See, seems about right yeah yeah we have to in this high scoring day and age you have to increase your exaggerated scores you know, <laughs> exactly. you know, it, used to, it used to be like 130 to 120 back in the day yeah that's uh so yeah, Atlanta did did really well there, obviously. But but while I think that this is more likely than not to end up in a what the heck are you doing Clippers situation, mm-hmm. if the LA Clippers get the Rajon Rondo who showed up for the Lakers in the playoffs last year, this is a win. It's just what are the chances of that actually happening? Yeah, exactly, exactly. I think they're they are betting on a low probability event and and put a lot of chips on that bet too in terms of you know you throwing in two seconds in cash and taking back a contract track was seven and a half next year that was a that seemed to me and for a team that's usually like their history has been that they're basically pretty practical most of the time the Kawhi Paul George moment aside when there was a reason to not be practical and so this seemed like almost like an out of character trade it was it was just odd just in the sense that this is kind of a well Kawhi wants this guy and Ty Lue wants this guy so we'll go get him yeah, I mean that that was probably, you know, a lot of the rationale. I mean, we weren't well, we weren't in we yeah. weren't in on their phone calls, but it sure sure seemed like that was the case. Well, how on earth did they not just say we'll offer Lou Williams for Rajon Rondo and stick with that? That's the thing, offer? right? Like I I'm just picturing like the Hawks war room and, and like they're, it's like a Monty Python sketch almost. Like they're like chuckling to each other and going, no, no, no. We want, we want three seconds and just like laughing to each other. <laughs> yeah. T- tell him he's really important to our culture and we won't move him. <laughs> maybe there is another offer there. Maybe there, maybe they actually had, had some extra a bidding war on that one. Wow. Who knows? Wow. That would shock. That, that, that would be a surprise. But it, you know, all of these guys. I, there's so many of these players where okay, did he probably helps him? Does he help him more than some of these other guys? Uh, or you know, how well is this guy going to play in the playoffs? Like George Hill, how much does he have left? Victor Oladipo in Miami, that's one where you're just like, yeah. all right, this is a, this is just a flyer. Let's see what happens here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, let's. Uh, so, uh, any other big winners that that stick out to you? Oh, while while we're on the Clippers, real quick, why wouldn't you have traded for oh, DeLon yeah. Wright? Because he can't shoot, <sighs> and I mean, and he's uh, he's not a name. He's not a name. He's not famous enough. I, th- I think you have the answer. Yeah. Uh, winners. I'm I'm not sure whether to call Toronto a winner or not. Yeah, I liked all. Uh, I liked the moves that they did, but to not move Lowry, and we don't know in the end what were out there. I think you. We won't know until the off season, but I mean, I think we're probably going to end up saying that they were a loser to just not. Get get what they could for Kyle Lowry. That seems to me to be the case unless I mean maybe they overplayed their hand and just didn't and just never had that much is is the only alternative I can think of and that maybe they think they'll do better in a sign and trade market when there aren't a lot of cap room teams. Um 
Seems like they could have had Horton Tucker. There are Tucker. cap room teams, though. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you, you think they could have had Horton Tucker? Because I thought the re- the reporting uh, from Shams was that that was the sticking point, was the Heat wouldn't put in Hero and the Lakers wouldn't put in Horton Tucker. Well, if the, if the Lakers wouldn't put in Horton Tucker, then I'm not even sure what they were attempting to offer. Like, <laughs> that seems like kind of a bullshit offer then to, yeah. to hey, we'll give you Caldwell Pope and Schroeder. Like, thanks. Next. Well, maybe, um, maybe the 2027 first. That's your, if they had a 20, 27 first on the table from the Lakers they should have taken that just that Schroeder and KCP I, I think I probably would have uh I don't think I would have taken that I probably would have asked me for Horton Tucker as well in that one mm-hmm. yeah because because I, I think it, at that point maybe it makes sense to hold on to Lowry and just make the playoffs this year and also there's things are kind of fucked up there right now and I think they would like to just like get back on the right track with some of these young guys even if Lowry ends up leaving to just not mm-hmm. have this be like a total like crap year um on the other hand, you could say it'd be a great opportunity to, to tank, but um, you know, I, I don't know if they'd want to do that. I, I mean, do you think the Lakers blew it by not putting in Taylor Horton Tucker if uh, that was the deal breaker? I don't know what their plans are with him in the offseason. You see, if somebody drops a sheet on him for like $8 million a year and the Lakers don't match it, then it's like, well, what the hell were you doing? Like, <laughs> you should have moved this guy then because you know that sheet is coming. One would think I I am not that into Taylor Horton Tucker to where you know he's shooting twenty five percent from three and yeah he's super young he's got some intriguing physical talent but and he might be a starter someday I don't think of him as being above that and he's not going to be on like a rookie whatever he signs for it's going to be probably eight or nine million at minimum for a team that's uh, against the tax so I'm uh I mean Kyle Lowry could have just been so good for them. And maybe this is an indication that like LeBron and AD are in worse shape than we think. And it's not worth going for it for them this year. Hmm. But man, and I think also the other part of this that Woj reported a little bit is just that Lowry had some pretty high salary expectations. And maybe that scared off some of these suitors. Well, John, there may not have been as much demand for Kyle Lowry as everyone thought there would be. Not enough to trade him. But that doesn't prevent Kyle Lowry from being the big love ultra player of the week. Raptors fans get to enjoy Kyle Lowry on their team for at least the rest of this season. And as we know, enjoyment isn't the end game. It's the whole game. Joy creates success. Kyle Lowry certainly plays with joy. And hopefully the Toronto Raptors can be happy because they win. Are you happy because you win? Or do you win because you're happy with 2.6 carbs and 95 calories? Drink Michelob Ultra and enjoy watching the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. Your bracket at this point is probably in runes, but at least you can make sure that nothing below the belt turns out that way. Manscaped's precision-engineered tools for your family jewels will help you turn that Kentucky Wildcat into a South Carolina Gamecock. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide, and we have an exclusive offer for basketball fans, 20% off plus free shipping with the code PER, which John invented, at manscaped.com. Easy to remember, PER. You can check out their Lawnmower 3.0, which features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe trademark technology. Yes, they've trademarked it. It's that good. Comes with an LED light for a more precise shave, and it's waterproof if you want to use it in the shower. And they've also got the Crop Preserver and their Crop Reviver. Pretty self-explanatory what those do. And joking aside, you're supporting a great company at at Manscaped. They are committed to raising awareness for the most common form of cancer in men aged 15 to 35 with their We Save Balls uh, initiative. Every purchase at manscaped.com goes towards contributions made to the Testicular Cancer Society. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code PR 
be the best ball handler this year with Manscaped. Don't forget that PR code to let them know that you came from us. Well, you if you because if you're getting him as a rental, it's different than if you're getting him with bird rights and you know he'll re-sign with you. I think paying Lowry with what the Sixers are already paying in tax to these other guys, I mean, you can see why they pivoted to George Hill. I mean, we didn't talk about them as a winner, but I thought that was the best deal of the whole deadline, other other than the Rondo weirdness with Atlanta. Like, Philadelphia making that move to get George Hill, like, that is a perfect fit, reasonable contract, not just a rental, signed for next year. Like, that was a good move. Yeah, maybe so. So, we'll we'll see whether he, uh, you know, still has it. Three seconds is a lot to give up, though, wasn't it? Like, I mean, they gave up more to get George Hill and get off the guys they did than Boston gave up to get Fournier. I think Fournier is better than George Hill. Uh, but as you mentioned, he is under contract for next year. So, I don't know. Um, I think he helps them. I don't know that that, like, changes their destiny in my eyes, necessarily. I just, there are so many moments where they had bad guards out there. You know? Yeah. I, I, I think he cleans a lot of that up. No, I, I mean, I'm not, like like I was saying, I, I think he helps them for sure. But does that change who I think is going to win in a series between them and Brooklyn or then and Milwaukee? I don't think so. Yeah, I could see that. But I mean, like, like you gotta if you can, if you can swing a series with three seconds, you've done something though. No. Yeah, he gives them an incrementally better chance. He yeah. certainly is going to help them. I, I, I totally agree with you on that. Um, yeah, yeah, not not moving Lowry was interesting. I think Norm Powell is a winner as as a player because it seems pretty clear to me that Portland is going to be capped out and they just traded Gary Trent Jr. for him and they they really seem to value him and they're going to pay him next year. That seems to be where this is headed. That that's usually it seems like Portland makes their deals with kind of an understanding of what's going to happen next. That's that's been their history i mean norm at 20 that's going to be a pretty big tax payment for these guys are they not bringing zach collins back uh are they planning on re-signing derrick jones if he opts out those are some interesting questions there i mean they have a lot of salary with not very many contracts if if you look ahead i agree with you i also think that trent is a better fit there than powell even for this year, I would say, uh, because they don't need more creation for that team. They don't need more scoring necessarily. I like Trent better as a shooter. I think I like Trent better as a defender. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, although that that's probably eye of the beholder. And I would be very surprised if Gary Trent gets paid as much as Norman Powell is going to get paid next he'll get, year. He'll get and like half younger. as much. So I thought that I thought that was a shrewd move by Toronto to get six years younger and pay a guy half as much. And Trent's cap hold is only two million, depending on whether they can limit him to like seventeen minutes a game for the rest of the season, so he doesn't meet <laughs> the starting criteria. Uh, which would be an interesting thing. Uh, Toronto is looking at cap room scenarios. They're not going to be a full max team, but if Kyle Lowry walks, they can have significant cap room and do some things there too. So I thought that trade helped them get a lot of flexibility going forward. And obviously it didn't, didn't cost them anything to do. Uh, Norm, Norm Powell in the short term, I mean, he has more short term upside just as an on the ball scorer. Like he can, he can go and get it. And, you know, maybe the Blazers are looking at a playoff situation where they're like, all right, you know, Dame's going to get triple teamed again. And we're going to end up having, you know, Derek Jones as Al Farouk Amino 2.0. And we're just going to be in the same 
situation again. Like, let's get somebody who can just burn the shit out of that defense and we're not going to have to worry about it again. Yeah, we'll see whether that's the case or not. And maybe they knew something about Gary Trent Jr.'s salary expectations that that we don't. Uh, well, him not yeah. getting an extension is one hint what his salary expectations are, right? Yes. Yeah, That in theory, if they would have offered him the biggest possible. But his expectations and what he's actually going to get as a restricted free agent are uh, somewhat different things, in particular because he's going to have a, a small qualifying offer. So he's not going to have a lot of leverage the way someone like Lonzo Ball would to, to get a, a bigger uh, a bigger extension. A- any other players that you just you think kind of won here? It really, uh, I mean, Rondo, <laughs> certainly, right? Like to be back in L.A. <laughs> yeah. on a good team again. Well, play, wait, wait, wait no, Rondo. the guy who won is Lou Williams. Oh, go, just because he gets to go back to uh, he gets to go back to Magic, Magic City. City for his wings. Yeah. Um, uh, I thought the other winner here was uh, the the liberated Nemanja Pilica. Well, as far as winners, how have we not talked about the Miami Heat as a winner yet? They did a really nice job. I mean, they got two players for not much. Well, and they got a reason. I mean, they gave up a 2027 second, a Linux, who probably was going to play much for them in the playoffs, Avery Bradley, and then this like weird swap right that might be a little something. Basically, it's downgrading from their own pick to Brooklyn potentially in 2022. Yeah. And they're going to get LaMarcus Aldridge now, it looks like. So to get all Aldridge to re- he'll replace Olenek in that stretch big role and then Bielitsa c- could also replace Olenek in that sp- stretch big role if they want Ariza can kind of replace Crowder as well if they wanted to go that way and you get uh, a flyer on Victor Oladipo who may not be good but he, at least you can take a shot on him and maybe they'll transform him in Miami as they have so many players so I mean they turned almost nothing of value into now having a really really deep playoff ready team that has a lot of different looks they can throw at you I actually wonder if they'll start Belitza. Yeah, that's a possibility. There's not we'll like we'll a see real... what he looks like defensively. Yeah, there's not like a true starting four there right now. Yeah, it, maybe maybe that's Ariza. Um, they still have Andre Iguodala on this team, interestingly yeah. enough. Yeah. So yeah, it's going to be interesting where these guards fit in. If because if Butler's playing any time at the two, um, I don't know. Maybe they. I mean, do they bring? Do they start Oladipo as like a fake one next to Jimmy Butler, or do they bring Duncan Robinson off the bench now? They, there's some interesting decisions here with their. Well, uh, they basically yeah. they basically have 11 rotation players once they sign Aldridge. Well, so I I have a prediction for you. Mm-hmm. You saw how much money Lamarcus soldier gave back right uh yes yeah, it's like over $5 million. I predict that they're going to start LaMarcus Aldridge and Pam Adebayo together. Yeah, that seems like a fair bet, um, unfortunately. I, I don't yeah, love it, that, it, but yeah, I think you're probably yeah. right. They'll, they'll at least try it, and we'll see. Uh, but yeah, and then what are they doing at guard? Like, they got Hero, Dragic, Oladipo, Duncan Robinson, and Nunn. I guess Nunn's yeah. going to just not play, but they held on to Robinson. I, I think you take the flyer on Oladipo, but I think you have to just be prepared that it's it's very possible that he is the fourth or possibly even fifth best of those guards and that you need yeah. to be willing to adjust accordingly if that is the case. Yeah, that's the biggest thing is how, you know, how locked in are they going to be on that and how, 
you know, how is Victor going to react if he's not held in his high esteem, let's say, in the postseason as he maybe hoped? Yeah. Well, uh, I think Miami will just tell him to go fuck himself. <laughs> right. I mean, they they are they are willing to do that. Like, he, yeah. heat culture is not going to bend for Victor Oladipo, I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And uh, so this is going to be an interesting thing then going into the offseason, too, because... Miami will have Oladipo's bird rights, uh, but they can also become a rune team and sign Kyle Lowry if they want. And supposedly Kyle Lowry was sure. interested in, in joining them. And the cap holds on Kendrick Nunn and Duncan Robinson are low enough that in either scenario, pretty much, they could keep those guys too. Yeah, it seems that way. And there, there are going to be some other free agents out there uh, as well that they could potentially go after. Uh, uh, Daniel Tice as a player is a big loser. Uh, he was starting with <laughs> the Celtics and now he's going to like barely play for the Bulls who just got him uh, in arbitrage. <laughs> Pretty good move getting uh, Troy Brown for Chandler Hutchison. Yeah, they had to give guaranteed they, money for next year. They had to give up Gafford, who I, I actually like him. I think he'll help Washington like next year. He's going to be a backup five on a minimum contract. He's not amazing, but like he plays hard. He's tough. He rim runs like he'll be fine. Uh, so I, I think that's, that part is nice for Washington, but yeah, I mean, Chicago turning essentially nothing, uh, other than Gafford into Troy Brown and Daniel Tice. Like, yeah, you got to do that. Yeah. That, that's, uh, that's definitely pretty good. And yeah, maybe Tice is someone that they could look to, to resign it in the off season, but they, uh, they do have quite the overstuffed front court rotation at this point in time. Um, okay. Let me, uh, let me ask you this here. The worst individual move and we can go back even a, a week to to some of the trades that happened uh, just in trade season overall the worst individual move i mean i gotta go with that rondo deal that i mean most of these trades that happened were actually pretty like okay like most of them i was like okay yeah you know that makes that that rondo one was the one where i was just slapping my head like what is going on here um the uh if i was going to pick an honorable mention i guess i was slapping my forehead uh, with Houston, just how badly they overplayed their hand on the Oladipo stuff and kind of fake bluffing <laughs> that they had a mid first round pick for him and then just ended up settling for whatever. Yeah. And obviously that looks terrible that they didn't just take Levert. Even if they didn't want him for next year, you clearly yeah. could have gotten more for him at the deadline than you did for Oladipo. Granted, yeah. you didn't know that at the time. You knew Oladipo was going to get some shots. Maybe you could have reestablished some value and they. They thought that they could maybe be good this year, but that that obviously wasn't the case. Uh, yeah, I mean that that ends up being a, a pretty big L for them after they did a really nice job. I thought uh, on the Harden trade. To me, two stand out. Uh, I'll second what you said on the Clippers, but also I think we have to acknowledge after last year, I'm a little gun shy on saying that Rondo just sucks. Uh, mm -hmm. But you're probably also, it's not a winning bet to say that Rondo's going to give you the same production as he gave the Lakers last year, which he would really have to, I think, for this move. He, ha he has to. There's no upside in it. He has to, to justify that trade. Uh, so the two that stand out to me, and one could just be not trading Lowry, and we'll see what happens with him. But if he just leaves for nothing in the offseason, you probably should have tried to get something. Although, yeah. again, there's no actual evidence that they had any first-round pick on the table for him, which is pretty crazy to think about. Uh, there were, uh, They had former first-round picks, I think. Like, apparently, yeah. uh, Achua was in a offer from Miami, I heard. Um, yeah. And there might have been Maxi from Philadelphia, but I don't think there was an actual honest-to-God 
odd first round pick that where the Toronto Raptors could have selected a player for themselves. And then the other, I wouldn't say this is a, a an individual move, but the Sacramento Kings not doing anything. That really, to not move Rashawn Holmes and, okay, they could re-sign him. Like, maybe I'll feel better about it if they re-sign him and it's not a crazy contract. But this, there was some reporting that, oh, actually, Victor Anadive thinks that they're closer and, you know, that they could uh, be a real playoff team soon, which, no, they'll probably be a fake playoff team soon, maybe. Yeah. Uh, and... So if Holmes doesn't come back or they have to way overpay him, it's just just a, a when you have an expiring contract for a guy and you're in the situation that the Kings are in, I think you try to move. Now, maybe there just wasn't a market for him. And that's, you know, if you weren't going to get a first round pick for him, then you I kind of understand it. And maybe, as you said, it's tough to get a first rounder for guys on expiring like Fournier. It's also tough getting. to get much for a center in this market who isn't awesome because of yeah. so many guys at that position who are hitting the buyout market. Yeah, and I do think Holmes is better than some of those guys, but yeah, there are not that many teams that are like, oh, we need Holmes for our playoff. Yeah, they they didn't have a first probably because especially I think the there's some talk that the Hornets might be involved on him, but I think after the LaMelo injury, they weren't interested in that anymore. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so we got about five minutes left here, by the way. If you guys want to get into the queue with your speaker requests uh, we will take people in for about 20 minutes once uh we finish up with the overall pod here we probably actually probably got about 10 minutes left before we do that so um feel free to get your speaker requests in right now and let's see what else do we have here for categories the most consequential move for this year what team changed its destiny for this year as far as winning the championship the most i mean the only one you could even really say among the contenders is probably denver who's kind of a pseudo contender but i mean if they were going to make it back to the conference finals they needed to make a move like this so i i would say the nuggets yeah it will that certainly has the potential to be really good i would say yeah gordon and you know the bulls aren't going to win a championship this year they probably improved their fortunes the most just in terms of where they were beforehand versus after but yeah that that gordon trade to me uh has probably got to be it uh most consequential move for a team's future beyond this year that's got to be the orlando teardown right i mean that's that's i, I the, would think so the, the revolution right they're going in a in a different direction now and i think it's i think it's the right the right direction i think it was the the right move i mean the biggest obstacle to them doing something like that was if they could really get something for vooch and i think having had the, having been able to do that now you, you go ahead with it yeah absolutely and i think kudos to management and ownership for making this decision he's a quote-unquote two-time all-star he's the best player they've had and he might be yeah it, it, he's certainly the best player of the last decade and of the post white era from, he's clear clearly orlando's best player yeah 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 so to be able to move on from him and just have the discipline to do that i, I applaud them for that for sure uh the biggest surprise move that wasn't rajon rondo getting traded <laughs> i think it was the boots trade that i tell you that was oh yeah that, that one was, came out that of nowhere for me i thought if he went anywhere it would actually be to boston i thought that was the move that that boston might try to really go for would be to get a five next to those guys uh that they have already 
even though Vooch is a, a little expensive. And I don't, I don't know if they just didn't have the assets Orlando wanted or, or if they kind of shied away from it for other reasons. You know, the tax would have been substantial if they had gone that way. But that Chicago pulling the trigger on that was just a shock to me. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, the move that was the most derigueur, the most according to pre-deadline expectations. Uh, the Cabengale trade to Sacramento. Who's being waived, by the way, already, it yes. turns out. I, I would take a look at him if I were Sacramento, actually. But uh, mm-hmm. apparently they don't feel that way. It's not like they have some, like, great center prospects in the pipeline. I mean, maybe they're just... I, I have, Chris Silva. is not... A, well, that's the other one that was weird to me was they got that's what they got for Nemanja Bielica. Like they didn't, Chris even, Silva? they didn't even get a pick, and no. and they're kind of making these other win now moves, and so to to not even to not even keep Bielica, who actually the way the roster looks now would actually play if he was still there. That that was a little odd. Yeah, that that was a little odd to not move Barnes, not move Holmes, but we are going to move Bielica, who is like playing for us now with Marvin Bagley out. Yeah, it didn't did not make a ton of sense. Uh, and whether that's Monty McNair or it's uh, Monty McNair's vision uh, filtered through uh, the ample cheesecloth that is Victor Ranadive, uh, it, it was a bit of a, a head scratcher. Cavangle, uh, <laughs> that, that's that's pretty good. I, I mean, of the larger moves, <laughs> I would say most according to expectations, probably, probably be Gordon. Gordon to Denver. I mean, Gordon people had Denver, saw he was like, going to be the, yeah. the Covington, right? It was either going to be two first or a player who's just selected in the first and first round and another first so that 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 one was probably most according to expectations which team took the biggest risk blazers norm powell i mean his contract when you add in what they're probably gonna end up paying him yeah i would i would say that's probably the one you could argue for chicago too I, I think it probably has got to be Chicago. That that because uh, although in some ways it's almost not a risk because I think we have a pretty good idea of what it's going to be. It's going to be chase the six seed for a couple the, of years. And, they're going to be the Orlando Magic, in other words. They got a little more talent than it seems. I think. Yeah, I think yeah. Le, Levine is better is better than anyone that that they had in Orlando. Uh, that yeah. that's to, to be fair. Um, yeah, I guess I guess the other one you would point to is Denver, just because you know, if Aaron Gordon is not. Not the guy that they think he is that's they don't really have much ammo left at this point to, to get better but again i don't know who was supposed to be available in free agency on the trade market that was going to be better for that archetype than gordon so i think yes it is a risk we don't know how good he is but i any move they would have made would be a risk and i think that was maybe one of the better ones that was out there yeah so and they get him they have him for next year too and he helps them i mean doing harris for gordon that really helps you with the luxury tax next year so i, I think there were other aspects to that that were that were helpful okay last one here before we start to bring people in with with questions so feel free to uh get those speaker requests in the most boring move most boring move this is near and dear to our hearts uh, as uh as cap dorks the the move that only a cap dork could love well i mean before daniel tice got in when it was first announced that it was uh troy brown and wagner for hutchison and uh and gafford i mean (laughs) that was like nobody even reacted to that it was just like whatever no, I think that was interesting. Troy Brown is like an interesting mm-hmm. second draft. My, I think, I think you're gonna kick yourself for not saying this one. Okay. Marquise Chris to the Spurs for Katie Lolaine. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, actually, actually, no. The Wanamaker trade was more boring than that. No, no, no. That's the, not true at all. Because Chris, Chris is injured. He's not even going to play. The Chris trade. And, the Chris trade, though, had luxury tax implications. Unless Lamarcus took enough out of his buyout, which he took a massive number, so it didn't ended up not mattering. Whereas the yeah, Watermaker we, trade was like, yeah. like, oh, you're going to Charlotte. We're never going to see you again. Okay, bye. Uh, we might, we might see, we, we might see him. We'll see. Uh, although they still have Malik Monk there too. They, they've they've got some other guys. Um, is there any other team you were like super disappointed in not making a move? Were you like surprised? You felt, yeah. Were you surprised Golden State didn't trade Kelly Oubre? I just think that the package wasn't there. If you look at what Fournier was going for, and and I don't know that the idea of trading him for Bogdanovich or Lonzo Ball, that that's something that those other teams wanted to move or the Golden State would have had to give up uh, an asset there. I actually think that Kelly Oubre would be better for them next year if he resigns than Lonzo Ball or Bogdanovich once Clay is back and with the emergence mm-hmm. of uh, your guy, Jordan Poole. Right. So, yeah, he's been good. Which, which I, I mean, I will admit completely shocked me uh, as well. I, w- I won't put that on you entirely. Mm-hmm. But uh, so I, I think they need someone who can defend point guards and has some athleticism. There's a concern that he may not resign, but they could probably also bribe wherever he signs to give him a trade exception again if they needed to. So I think I think holding on to Ubre made sense unless there was an offer out there that was going to get them something and uh, i would guess that there really wasn't i don't know what team was just so fired up to get kelly Oubre. so it makes sense that they just kept him around and you know he'll still help them this year that's not totally insignificant here was a trade that i thought maybe had a chance to happen uh just looking at the cap situations and i don't think it ever really got anywhere but i thought a Pelicans Knicks trade that sent Eric Bledsoe and a first round pick to New York for Alfred Payton would have made a lot of sense. Hmm. Yeah, maybe New Orleans just felt like they didn't need to get off of Bledsoe. Maybe, maybe that's what the the thought is there. And the Knicks, yeah, the Knicks probably feel like they're doing something with their cap space. It does. I mean, it does erode their cap space next year. It's interesting because I think. I mean, I still think trading Bledsoe is the way for New Orleans to get out of this uh, situation where if they want to keep Ball and Hart or really even one of them almost like they like Bledsoe's money is just so in the way so that that to me is going to going to be one of the big stories in the summer is is what can potentially happen with that or maybe he plays better and you know has some actual trade value by the summer we'll see sport trade is where fantasy sports meets the stock market they take fantasy to the next level. It's like Robin Hood for fantasy sports. You can buy and sell shares in your favorite players just like real stocks. This is a fair and exciting way to cash in on your knowledge of sports. As player values rise and fall based on two factors, namely their statistical performance in each game compared to their projected fantasy points in the game and supply and demand, that affects the value. So when you're ready to buy shares, you pick that penny stock in a rookie with huge upside or you grab the blue chip vet. It's always a solid performer. You can instantly buy and sell as many shares and as many players as you like, just like the stock market. Then watch your players battle and your portfolio value rise. Simply go to sporttrade.com, watch the How It Works video, and then sign up to get started at sporttrade.com. Discover the fun, exciting, and profitable new world of sports trading. This is truly the evolution of fantasy sports. You'll be amazed. Don't sit on the sidelines any longer. Get in the game at sporttrade.com. This episode is sponsored by the service Blue Chew, which is making waves and bringing more confidence 
to the bedroom. Blue Chew delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in a chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. Blue Chew's tablets combat all forms of ED and can help men gain confidence when it's time to perform. It's all online, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, no waiting in line at the pharmacy, and it ships right to your door in a discreet package. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. All done online, you don't have to go to the doctor's office at all. If you don't like swallowing pills, no problems here. Blue Chew's Sildenafil and Tadalafil tablets are chewable. And of course, they're made in the USA. They prepare and ship direct, so it's cheaper than a pharmacy. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code Locked On at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code Locked On to receive your first month free. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring this podcast. Okay, it is time to interact uh, with all of you on Locker Room. Thanks so much for joining us here. And hopefully uh, these questions, we can try to focus on the trade deadline uh, as much as possible. But, you know, general NBA uh, is cool too. And so with that, let us bring in RJ. How you doing, man? Hey, can you guys hear me? Indeed. All right, great. Um, so I got a quick question about um, Wiseman and just thinking about kind of the rookie scale contracts right now. So Wiseman's got, I think, three years, $31 million left on his deal. And so I was thinking just in perspective for some other sort of free agent signings this offseason, such as Rashawn Holmes. Like, would you rather have Rashawn Holmes for three years, $30 million, or would you rather have James Wiseman just for the next three years? What do you think, John? I mean, that's that's an interesting question just because – I mean, in Golden State's window, where it really is the next two or three years, you're kind of like, oh, Sean Holmes sounds kind of good for that, huh? I, I the, the reason you draft Wiseman and pay him that contract, though, is for the, the those right tail outcomes, you know, where he can be. We, we don't know what he's going to be. He Maybe he just ends up being not that good, but there's a chance he ends up being awesome. And Rashawn Holmes doesn't have that chance. Rashawn Holmes, you know, within pretty narrow band what you're going to get. Those upside outcomes are why you try to hang on to these rookie contracts in general, because those are those are your chances to get the next Curry. Yeah, and I think Wiseman will be better than than Rashawn Holmes within two years. He's just he's too big to fail. <laughs> uh, oh, that's that's an interesting one. Okay, um, let's get uh, okay. Stephen in here. Stephen, how are you? Uh, it's uh, an NBA fan from Hong Kong. Uh, can you hear, can you hear me? Yeah, man. Good, good to hear from you yes. for, from Hong Kong. How's it going? Yeah. Uh, it's uh, uh, kind of fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, uh, I'm glad that the app is still available there for at least the, the time being. Um, so, uh, what do you got for us, Stephen? Okay, uh, I'm a sports fan, and and I'm happy that uh, we have finally done the in season trade. Yes, uh, it's about the the, um, the initial trade of Trey Laos uh, because. Uh, when I saw the first news, news is that um, the, uh, Dallas would get a quad trade loss, and, and maybe I, I guess uh, they would, uh, uh, the Spurs would get um, maybe Iwondo or whatever. But uh, mm. in, at last, uh, they put out of the deal and they get Marquis Chris uh, as another trade. Uh, but for the Spurs, they could do both trades uh, because uh, Lamarcus is going to uh, get the buyout and the tax and roster spot would not be the issue anyway. So uh, I would like to ask John for uh, what would be the front office thinking uh, in pulling out of the deal? I don't really know why they were looking so why why that was in there to begin with because when that first got announced I was just like well why are they trading Lyles for a wound like I just I just didn't get it yeah, that, that could have um, just been I didn't a know if they were um 
It's possible it was that, or maybe the information coming out of Dallas wasn't right. I mean, they can be a little kind of loosey-goosey sometimes, so that wouldn't necessarily shock me. Um, Yeah, that. I mean, it never made sense to me in the first place, so I guess I wasn't that shocked when it was like, oops, false alarm. But my guess is if they had just taken in Chris and Aldridge didn't take that much in the buyout, they might have been over the tax still. So maybe that was just a contingency if Aldridge didn't give that much up to make sure that they wouldn't be in the tax. That that would be the only thing that came to mind uh, for me. But yeah, I mean, it wouldn't do. Obviously, they don't. He, I think, as you noted, Stephen, like he wouldn't have helped them at all. And Trey Lyles, he's not great, but he at least plays for them every now and then. So that I think it would have just been purely financially motivated if it had happened but my guess is just that the shams ended up getting his wires crossed a, a little bit there which happens sometimes when you're just you're trying to ah, text and like just get get all of these uh reports in and then get them out be- you know five seconds before wood sometimes they, they get some stuff wrong but sorry steven you were gonna say not uh, uh, no, uh, I just, uh, because at the time, uh, last night, uh, Pop has said, uh, they might want to, uh, give Lucas Shamanish more minutes. So, and I, I was thinking that, uh, maybe they do something to clear the trust, uh, the rotation spot for him. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's what it is. And Trey Lyles, if he wasn't going to play, maybe they're trying to do him a solid. That, that's a good point, too. I, I hadn't seen that quote by Pop, but yeah, Shamanish has actually had some, uh, surprisingly good games recently. Thank, thanks for that question, yeah. Stephen. Why don't we go to to uh uh is it dave ishan yeah how's it going dave uh, am, am i on you are on yeah awesome so now that the rosters have kind of been finalized i guess do you guys see a potential for some like a miami buck series from last year where a team has like a better net rating clearly the favorite but just the matchup makes it so the underdog could win well i mean would the lakers as a six seed be considered an underdog <laughs> uh no i don't think so <laughs> well it could be miami again you know, the one could be miami again the 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 one that I sort of look at, I mean, I think Dallas is going to be a low seed, but they're going to be pretty frisky in the first round, if, especially if, if Porzingis is is moving well. Uh, I I still think that's like there's a pretty good team buried in there somewhere. Yeah, I, I would agree with you, John. I think Miami obviously is one. I think Boston actually could like Walker and Tatum are going to have to play better. But if those guys can get back to where they were last year and now they fix their biggest problem with the depth, maybe they get another center on the buyout market. I think Boston could still potentially make some noise. I actually against Philly in particular, I think Boston could maybe cause some problems for Philly. Maybe less so Milwaukee and Brooklyn. They've really struggled against Brooklyn this year. But uh, yeah, that's that's one that comes to mind for me. Um, it, it, what about you, Dave? You, you got any that come to mind for you? Um, actually, I agree with both of you. I think Dallas and Boston are kind of the ones I had in mind. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we we are slaves to our preseason predictions. So clearly it's, it's uh, <laughs> the, 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 we still believe there's there's something in there. Still a good team in there, as, as John would say. Thanks for that question, Dave. And uh, let's right. get uh, Tim Franklin in here now. Yeah. Um, so my question is, and this is um, kind of what's left. How good is, is Christian Wood? What is his actual defensive potential and um, how close is he to kind of getting? What is this defense you speak of? 
<laughs> Rockets haven't been that bad defensively this year. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, Jay, the one, the biggest, the best reason to watch Rockets games this year has been to watch Jay Sean Tate play defense. Yeah. Uh, the advanced numbers on Wood are, are pretty good defensively this year. He, yeah. I, I will yeah. say this at a minimum, you know, I, this is, we thought this would be his first year on a real team as it turned out that that wasn't the case. But at a minimum, I don't think he's been bad. Would you, would you at least grant him that job? Yeah. Like he's, yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. I completely agree with that. And then offensively, he's, he's good enough offensively that if, as long as he doesn't suck on defense he has real value like he's he's definitely going to out hit that contract I think. yeah he's got a little mobility I mean maybe not a guy you want switching all the time but he's not completely lost out on the perimeter he blocks some shots I don't think his help instincts are like awesome and he's not really like a good box out guy he'll go get rebounds but he doesn't really box out but no I, I think he's proven that he can be adequate and with his offense uh, that's that's really good uh, uh tim you got any thoughts on it um uh, not anymore just one other clarification so i guess you'd have him in the same tier as vucevic then Ooh, that's that's interesting he hasn't done it for as long yeah i mean wood wood has more shot blocker in him uh i think you know vooch has a little more a little more heft to him in the paint and whatnot uh so a little, little different styles but probably gets about to the same overall effectiveness but, well tim are you talking about just his defense or just a, or as an overall player i'd say overall player yeah yeah i think he could be better than Vooch. i can't put he i mean he's a good player i don't you know in terms of that like feel for like passing and playing with other guys i he, he's not at Vooch's level but he's a pretty good shooter now and he's i mean in transition obviously he's much more potent he's he's uh, uh he's than, developing than a little bit of iso game too yeah yeah you see him like take guys off the dribble and stuff definitely okay thanks uh for that tim and thanks let us go to uh charlie here now fellas how's it going um i gotta say it's it's kind of hurting my long-suffering bucks fan soul here hearing praise today for uh for the Orlando Magic front office, um, with, with John, John Hammond, the the uh, the the Bucks front office in exile. Uh, do we lose our guy here, uh, Char- Charlie? You there still? All right, well, uh, jump back in, Charlie, if uh, if you get a chance, and let's get to uh, Jared. We got about five minutes left here, so Jared, if you want to just ask your question quick, John, I'll answer it in like thirty seconds. We'll move on. You're on right now, Jared. Yeah, can you hear me? Indeed. Yep. Yep. I'm just wondering what your expectations are for the the Bulls for this season and for next. Do you think they're actually considering how weak the East is? They can borderline get um home court advantage. Could they be a home court advantage team next year? That I I think they need one more guy to really talk about that seriously. Uh, If you look at the East next year, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, Brooklyn, Miami. You know those four teams are going to be in it, right? You got to get ahead of one of those four. You got to get ahead of Boston. So it's it's going to be tough at the top. Uh, I think Indiana actually is going to be good next year too. So clearly you're doing this to be a playoff team next year. I mean, that's the minimum standard, right? Getting to that top four, they need at least one more guy. Yeah, or or a bunch of injuries uh, as well. And I, you know, you got to throw the Hawks into that mix uh, as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely. Probably got to still throw the Raptors in if if Kyle Lowry is still there. Hey, shit, even even the the Knicks and the Hornets uh, as well. That bottom in the East is actually looking a little bit better. And uh, after the Wizards trade another first round pick to get better next year and uh, chase the tenth, <laughs> they could they could be right in it too. I mean, really, other than the Cavs, Pistons, and Magic, there doesn't look like anyone in the East who's just going to be terrible. 
obviously injuries uh, happen there as well so i mean i i would say is it possible yes but you know i'd put it on 10 percent chance or less that they're a top four seed in the east next year thanks for that question jared and now let's uh get to uh emmanuel emmanuel you are on Hello. Emmanuel, you there? So Yeah, here we go. Yo. Yeah, we can hear you. Yeah. All right, cool. Uh what do you got for us? Uh and I just want to say that um the Rockets got robbed and um they gave up a bag of chips for a, 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 a all star when he's healthy. So I just want to say that's an L on the Rockets and you know, they're kinda crazy. You you talking about in the uh in the Harden trade or are you talking about them giving up Oladipo? For- nah, the Oladipo trade. Yeah. Yeah. They, I mean, they, they didn't lost, get a young player or nothing. No young player. Or nothing. They lost this trade, you know, two months ago when they sent Levert to Indiana. Because, I mean, for this pick swap to turn into something anywhere near as good as Levert, I mean, they'd have to really nail that pick on a player who wasn't going to be available, you know, six picks later or whatever the pick swap turns out to be. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, taking a big time L on this one. I thought they completely overplayed their hand on Oladipo and it ended up burning that. Yeah, I, I mean, the one thing I will say, yeah. Emmanuel, though, is I, I will respectfully disagree with your characterization of Oladipo. I mean, he just has been pretty bad for them. You know, how good can he be when they just lost 20 games in a row and he was maybe the, their main guy during that period? I mean, that yeah. roster is trash. Yeah, no, it's, it, it's not very good. Pretty trash. I, I, I agree with you on that. But so so Oladipo just didn't have value. They, they had to just take whatever they could get. And this is the best deal that was out there so at this point in time i mean i think you make this deal rather than just holding on to him he doesn't do you any good you don't want to keep him around for next year as a free agent afterwards so that aspect of you it, can't get like a second rounder for him or nothing no like no picks nothing? yeah well yeah i got the, they got this swap they, they moved up uh six places in the draft but the swap is more valuable than a second round pick yeah i mean i will say that yeah i, I think that's so right. I think that's right. yeah yeah the the to swap brooklyn like basically they can swap the brooklyn pick that they had for Miami if they want to and so what Miami will probably be worse than Brooklyn in 22 so that's where you where you can get a little value there um but yeah not now thanks for thanks for that question uh, appreciate it and let's do one more here yeah, man. before we get going and that is going to be Terrence Brown you are on um, uh Nathan John hello uh I just wanted to I, I think you've already got enough Bulls questions as it is I mean if, if you want to ask another one go about for it like- you're you, you, this is your time. Ask whatever you want. Uh, I wanted to know about Lonzo. Like, uh, they didn't want Lowry for Lonzo or whatever. So now we get to keep Lowry. And I think you think Lonzo would be a good pickup for the Bulls. Uh, yeah, I think. I mean, Lonzo. They're going to have to drop an offer sheet to 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 grenade him out of New Orleans, and ultimately it's going to come down to the Pelicans. I like the fit there with what they have. Uh, I you know he'd be pretty much on the same age timeline as as Levine. He's a couple years younger. Uh, yeah. You know, plays a position where they have a need. Could play next to Kobe White potentially if White's like your sixth man slash third guard. So yeah, I do that, think that's where I see Kobe. At. I see him more as an off the bench role. You know, more of a he's more of a scorer than a facilitator. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, yeah, he, he's not a bad fit there. I, I don't think Lonzo. It's just a question of they probably are not going to have cap space. They they are they'll have about twelve million if they let marketing go, and then they could have a maybe get up to like sixteen if they move on from Sadaransky. But you'd have to move on from Thaddeus Young to really get a bunch of space. Yeah, that, yeah. or Aminu. Yeah. And, and so what they probably want to do, we talked, we alluded to this earlier, but Zach Levine makes 19.5 next year. So if you want to extend him, you can offer him. 
him a deal starting at 120 percent of that that's not going to be enough for him that's a normal extension but what you can do is if you have salary cap space you can actually give him a bump next year with that space you use that up give him the bump and then you could start the extension off of that higher number and he gets new money oh, next yeah. year that he wouldn't be able to get in a normal extension so that's very enticing to keep him around so i would guess that that's what they have that space earmarked for right now uh right yeah so good question there terrence and we got to take off thank you so much for joining all of us here uh, on locker room we'll be back at our normal time next week which is 2 eastern 11 pacific on wednesdays but you can jump in and we'll we promise slightly fewer technical problems at, at the beginning next time uh, but we, we really appreciate it you can read john at the athletic and of course uh, you can hear me five days a week if you want to subscribe to uh my subscription service dunked on prime you can also get all my salary sheets which are updated already for all of the transactions here so thanks again and we will talk to y'all next time till then at bet 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every goal every game every point every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period whatever the sport whatever the moment it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.